You're listening to the Exhibitionist Podcast, brought to you by InspiringExhibitors.com and Pro Extra, a wholly owned division of 12 Man Solutions Limited. Hi, and welcome to the fifth episode of the Exhibitionist, the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in again, and we are delighted to have you with us. Very shortly, we'll be hearing from Johnny Ross of Fleek Marketing. And Johnny is a digital marketing and social media expert who will be giving us some fantastic tips and advice on how to make sure that your stand gets on the must-see list for visitors before they even hit the trade show floor. So we've had a really interesting week this week where we have been at Excel in London for most of the week, which is a fantastic venue for um, exhibitions. And we got to see a wide variety of very different sector shows that were happening down there. We initially had gone on an accompanied visit with one of our clients, something that we do quite often, where a client will ask us to go to a show either within their industry or in a different sector with them and just have a wander around and have a look at what's standing out to us, what they can learn for their own exhibition stands and anything that's interesting on the show floor. So we started off at Food Matters Live, which is largely a content-driven event. Uh, The feature areas and live theatres had some fantastic seminars on a whole range of different topics within the food and drink industry. But actually what caught our eye most was something that we saw on the Food and Drink Wales stand. And this really brought it home to us because we'd just been reading uh, an article by Jess Paxman in this month's edition of Exhibition News around how brands need to adapt to millennials through using experiential at events. But actually, it probably reaches a little bit further than millennials, and everybody's looking for an experiential um, stand now at an exhibition. We're so used to seeing three-by-three shells that actually anybody who can disrupt and do something a little bit different will always catch the attention. Food and Drink Wales had a brilliant installation from a company called Orchard, who were based in Cardiff, And they had created a a little dome, a little black dome, which uh, inflatable straight away grabbed people's attention as something different. They were projecting some fantastic video imagery of beautiful scenes of Wales, of the people of Wales and some of the food and drink production onto the ceiling of the dome. And they were inviting their VIP customers to come and experience and sample food and drink, uh, have a meal within the dome itself. And it was a brilliant piece of disruptive marketing a way to really get people asking, how do I get an invite into there? That looks brilliant. That's where I want to be. Um, And also helps bring to life the sampling and the quality of the produce from some of their exhibitors on their their stand. So great work, Food and Drink Wales and Orchard, we think in um, what was quite a, a lot of very similar stands, you guys really, really stood out and nailed the experiential element for us. The second thing that really stood out to us was actually at an exhibition over the hallway. That was the energy management exhibition, um, which is quite a difficult topic to kind of create some disruption for. There were a lot of providers there who were quite functional, and that's always a really hard exhibition to work on, to try and keep your message concise, but also keep it interesting. Now, one of the things we will often say when we're working with clients is, you've got to work really, really hard if you book that first stand on a show floor. And a lot of sales managers will sell that as a premium piece of space. And it is a great piece of space. You're getting visitors in before they're tired, before they've become become overwhelmed with messaging. But equally, you've got them at that second as they walk through the door when they might be totally overwhelmed by everything that's going on, totally in awe of the bright lights and the stands. And you've got to work really hard to make that first stand on a show floor work for you to make sure that people don't just bypass you and think they'll come back to you later on. Now, the company ESB had uh, taken the the first stand on the uh, 
exhibition show floor and they had blown all our theory out of the water. They had a fantastic stand. They'd obviously spent some money on it. But ESB are a major player in the Irish energy management market and are trying to break into the UK market. They knew exactly who they wanted to speak to and they knew exactly how they'd got their stand working to get that, those people's attention as soon as they walked through the door. They had interactivity in terms of a competition. They had very clear messaging. So immediately as you looked at their graphics, you know what they did and what benefit they could bring to you as a visitor. They had a really nice relaxed area for networking if they did meet somebody who they wanted to sit down and have a coffee with. Their staff were really engaged and were asking about your problems and your solutions and how we might help you with that. Um, so there was no aggressive selling. It was just very relaxed, informal conversations. So I think all credit to ESB for proving us wrong that you can actually make that front, front stand work really, really well as long as you put the time, the money and the effort into thinking about what you want to deliver. So those are the couple of things that we've picked up on this week in what has been a very busy week out in the field. So we will quickly move over to our conversation with Johnny Ross now, who's going to give us, as I say, some hints and tips about pre-show marketing and how you make sure you get on a visitor's must-see list before they hit the trade show floor. In this edition of The Exhibitionist, the podcast, we're talking to Johnny Ross from Fleek Marketing of how you can amplify your presence at a trade show using digital and social media. So Johnny, I'm going to describe you as a digital, social and search consultant, trainer and speaker, but I'm sure you can articulate that better than me. So would you like to introduce yourself? <laughs> I think you've done very well, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what else I'd add to that. <laughs> Brilliant. That's a good start to begin with and welcome to the show. Johnny, you're involved in all things digital. So in this digital era, why do you think that trade shows and exhibitions are still relevant for businesses? Um, well, yeah, really good question. Um, and um, uh, I think a lot of people make this mistake uh, that they think, um, oh, there's digital, there's Facebook, there's Twitter. Uh, we can do some free social media and that will solve all our business problems. Um, and the reality is that's not, uh, that, that it's just another channel um, and the fundamentals still need to be done. So you still need that face-to-face -face and that networking. The beauty of uh, digital is that you can make it more powerful. So um, I think face-to-face uh, -face conferences, networking, exhibitions uh, aren't, uh, aren't about to disappear. Uh, I think, in, if anything, um, there's, they're, they're more valuable than, than, uh, than any other time uh, because there's, in, in some ways there's less of them uh, and so, you, so it's easier to stand out um, and, uh, and, and using the power of digital to, to make them even better is you know, the opportunity. It's exactly that point, Johnny. It's about how you can make your trade shows more powerful. So how do you think exhibitors can use digital and social media to attract the right type of visitors to their stand at an exhibition? Yeah, so uh, so that's that's the thing. It's about having a plan first. It's about you know what are we trying to achieve out of this? Who are we trying to talk to? It's all the basic stuff before you even think digital. Um, and and a lot of exhibitors don't even get the the basics right about you know what are we trying to achieve? What are the objectives? What you know what's going to look good afterwards? Um, and and once you've got that plan, it's about how you can fit digital in. Um, and uh, and just like any marketing plan. Um, you would then look at, right, well, we're trying to tap into this particular type of person or this particular industry or this particular sector. Okay, what might be the best digital way of doing 
doing that, whether that be uh, little things on the bottom of email signatures to some kind of LinkedIn advertising campaign to, to even uh, you know, some kind of uh, Instagram campaign. So it very much depends on who you're trying to attract uh, and, and having that plan and then thinking what channels could we use. It's a really valid point that we often talk about in the book and on blogs about having objectives in the first place to fit a marketing campaign around rather than just doing an event for an event's sake. Absolutely. So where have you seen an exhibitor use digital and social media, particularly effectively? Um, yeah, well, unfortunately, there's more examples of where they haven't. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so it's, it, yeah, it's, it, the, the, there's not many that get it right. The ones that get it right um, uh, engage on digital uh, prior, during, and after an event. Um, and the ones that get it right um, think about how to connect that online and offline world. Um, so whether that be uh, on the exhibition stand, uh, little prompts to make people think of digital. Um, you know, it, it's tapping into what people enjoy doing on digital. So, for example, uh, having some kind of a local. Uh, a celebrity is not quite quite the right word. I'm not talking about big expense, but local well-known person on a stand. Uh, people love doing selfies and, and that type of thing can just instantly power uh, something digital. Or it could be some kind of giveaway, um, but then making a, making it, uh, making something of the, the handing over of the prize and, 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 and grabbing that picture. Um, it, it's about, uh, as I said, marrying that online and offline and making it easy for people to naturally just use digital. And, and in fact, if anything, using your, uh, uh, your visitors, using your customers to actually do the marketing for you, that's the best way of doing it. Uh, instead of you just going out there and saying, come and see us, we're on stand, whatever. Um, actually, if you've got people going out there saying, look what I've just won from this stand, or look what I've just done, or, you know, and, and that type of thing, and getting people to, to, uh, to ultimately be your voice. Uh, and as I said, it's about having uh, the, the, the uh, digital going on prior and afterwards and making the most of it. So, Johnny, what I think you're saying is that there has to be a reason for your social and digital activity. Quite often we'll see exhibitors just tweeting, come and see us at our stand, but they don't give any real reason for why a visitor will get value from that or how they're going to engage with them. Yeah, it, 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 it's about, you know, social and digital. Um, a lot of people forget that it's still conversation um, and, and they're just sort of using it in a broadcasting way and not actually having a conversation. So if anything, it's about joining a conversation. It's about seeing, you know, the, the best way of doing it, if you imagine walking into a room and imagine Twitter or Instagram or Facebook being in a room, you're not going to just walk in and scream at the loud, at the top of your voice, hey, we're at Stand Whatever, come and see us. You know, people are just going to run away. So it's about understanding what, what conversations are being had in that room or that channel online. And, and getting involved in that conversation. So it's, you know, so it's, so if anything, it might be bigging up other, other exhibitors um, and, and talking about what other people are currently talking about um, and, you know, the speakers, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but finding out what conversation is being had online is, is the place to start. Such a good point. And you mentioned there that there are probably more examples of things that exhibitors have done badly relating to social and digital. What are some of the pitfalls that exhibitors might fall into around social and digital at exhibitions? Yeah, I guess I guess the first thing is is not having a plan, uh, so not thinking it through and doing it at the last minute. 
Um, some people just don't do it at all, which is, you know, such a shame because there's such a massive opportunity. Um, not, not thinking about uh, hashtags and not thinking about joining in, as I said, other conversation. Uh, so that would be something else. And not utilizing the latest in digital. So the latest in digital would be video. Um, and if you, if you were to, free, you know, I'm about to talk about Instagram. The, the key thing there, though, is that is your target audience on Instagram? So just because I'm talking about Instagram doesn't mean you should be on Instagram. It's about the plan. Who's the target audience? Who are you trying to attract? If they are in that demographic and they're on Instagram, great. But then how would you use Instagram? Well, actually, nowadays, you wouldn't just be posting pictures. It's all about video. Um, likewise, on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, there's lots, you, there's lots of areas you can use video. There's lots of areas you can use live video. Um, and so, example, the pitfalls are not really thinking about it, not having, you know, uh, in fact, a great example uh, would be not having some pre-made uh, images and uh, sort of, you know, a, a social adverts. So uh, the example would be, you know, about to put a tweet out or a, or a status out, but actually you haven't got that image to back it up with some, some pre-content written on top of the image. It's such a shame as exhibitors can underestimate the value of the content that they could share from their stand. When there's noise and competitions and conversations, sampling, giveaways, it's really valuable content that other visitors might want to see and it could influence them to come over and see you. Yeah, absolutely. And, it, and, it, and it's just like, um, you know, a, a restaurant puts their customers in their window. Uh, a, an, exit, an exhibitor needs to make sure that they've got people booked on that stand to come and see them well before the day um, because people come to busy things. If you've got a, a dead stand with nothing going on, uh, then it's not as attractive as lots of noise. Uh, good noise, of course, um, and, uh, and it's about using digital to, to get that across. So it's about, you know, what's the, what's the strategy? Who's going to be taking the pictures? Who's going to be taking the images? In fact, actually, the best strategy is getting the, the visitors to use their own um, devices to take pictures and videos because it's then a lot easier for them to post it online than you having it stored on your devices uh, and then posting it as yourself. It's not quite as, uh, as strong. So it's about trying to think of what, what can we create, what scenario can we create where a visitor wants to use their device to take a picture or image uh, and then naturally wants to upload it. It's the fear of missing out. If there's a really busy stand as people were naturally curious and nosy, we want to know what's happening over there that I'm not getting and that I'm missing out on. <laughs> Absolutely. So how can exhibitors use digital and social to follow up more effectively with visitors that they've met at a trade show or an exhibition? Yeah, I guess that's, um, I guess that's um, stepping into the, the traditional side of how you would uh, keep in contact with someone. So, you know, in a traditional way, you'd, uh, you'd pick up the phone, you'd, um, uh, you'd go out for coffee, you'd go for lunch. I'm not saying you wouldn't do any of that. Um, but what you can do is you can use digital to fill the gaps in between. So it's a great way to, to keep that conversation going. People typically buy uh, after they've sort of had seven points of contact. Um, and so it's about, you know, not, not stalking the person. But, in, but, but, but do you know what? Why not? Uh, so in, in a nice way. So it's about finding them on Twitter, finding them on LinkedIn, finding them on, on whatever platform that might be relevant getting their email address, getting permission uh, with the whole uh, GDPR, let's not talk about that, um, but having permission and, and, and emailing them. And so having some kind of, of strategy of what the plan, what, what are you going to be doing 
after the, the, the show? How are you going to be engaging with them? Um, what, uh, what different ways can you engage with them? How can you keep that conversation up? And in fact, if anything, how can you keep them seeing that you are the expert in your field? Um, so what content plan have you got afterwards? And, how, and what's your strategy on them seeing that content? It's a lot of the things that we have talked about with you before, Johnny. Although we've worked in events for quite a few years, I remember one of the pieces of advice that came courtesy of yourself just a few months ago, and that was to take a photograph of your stand when it's busy and include it in your follow-up emails. Visitors are unlikely to remember you. They'll have seen lots of exhibitors and had lots of conversations. So if you can send them a picture of your busy stand in your digital follow-up, whether that's an email or a tweet, it just helps jog their memory. So thanks for sharing that bit of advice and definitely one we pass on to our clients. Yeah, yeah, no, that, yeah, no, it, you, yeah, you, you've, uh, you've reminded me of that comment and, and it, it is add the picture in an email campaign afterwards, remind them of what they saw. Uh, yeah, re- definitely, really good. We work with quite a lot of SMEs and startup com- companies who are possibly thinking about their first event and they would really like to use digital and social but they quite often feel anxious about, are they going to break it? Are they going to do it wrong? Are they going to offend somebody? So can people really break social media? And are there any rules that they should be aware of? Um, <laughs> they say no good. No, no, what's they say? No good. Uh, my words have completely gone. Uh, no good Publicity PR. That's the one. Thank you. No. Yeah. <laughs> Bad publicity is good PR. No, I can't remember the saying, but you've got it. Thank you. Um, so can they break it? Um, I don't think they can break it. They, you know, the, okay, so there are pitfalls. Uh, you can say the wrong thing. You can get yourself into deep water. Um, it's about, you know, acting as you would offline as well. So it's no different. You're, you know, you're, you're online. That's the only difference. Um, it's about, would you say that, uh, you know, the best thing is, would you say that to your grandma? Uh, that's the, that's the, uh, the, the best, the best piece of advice I would say, um, you know, would you say that to your grandma and, and, and therefore, it, you know, if you wouldn't, then it's probably not best to post that. Um, and if you're unsure, check with a colleague. Um, but on the flip side, um, the, some of the best digital marketing, some of the best online content can be controversial. Uh, likewise, in the offline world, something controversial uh, can can uh, you know uh, can make some big differences. Um, there's lots of uh, political examples of that. Um, so uh, I think it's about um, just being being aware, just thinking twice. Um, but there's nothing wrong with being a bit controversial. And I think it's a case of just having a go and seeing what works for you. Try a few different things, and if it's not working, try something else. Yeah, from a, from a really basic level, it's about listening for a couple of weeks first. So it's about having, you know, not waiting till the day and thinking, God, what are we going to do? But actually having that plan and thinking about it months before. And, and yeah, the, actually the best piece of advice from a really basic level, go and listen on a platform for a couple of weeks. See how people do talk online uh, and, and how people engage. And from that, think of ideas of how you're going to get in that conversation. So, Johnny, thinking about the future, how do you see trade shows evolving over the next three to five years? And what role do you see digital and social playing in them? Um, ooh, I think that um, people like change. So um, I think that for, ex- for exhibitions to, uh, to keep surviving well they have to be uh, continually changing continually adapting 
and uh, and if anything, marrying that online and offline world together to show exhibitors and more importantly visitors the value. Um, I think how digital will play a part um, is tapping into uh, things like live video um, and tapping into um, uh, making you know it's that sort of scarcity type of marketing and campaign where where you can see other people and um, doing something and you want to be there as well um, so it, so if anything it's about um, the the shows themselves uh, using digital correctly prior as well not just the exhibitors um, and um, and I yeah I guess I guess where do I see things going much more live video much more video much more I think I think it's I think I think a lot of the the, the secrets of success is about having uh, great content at the at the show um, and the better that content the more people that want to come um, and and making sure that exhibitors you know stamping out the type of exhibitors that just sit there on their laptop uh, and don't look up um, because that just doesn't help anyone um, and so so it, you know it could be a case you know that that actually um, uh, what exhibit what what shows need to do is actually say actually we haven't got room for you this year um and uh and, and i guess that could be where things go wow that's a really interesting thought for event organizers to challenge exhibitors who don't add value and don't really participate in their shows i would love to hear from any event organizer out there who thinks that they'd be interested in pursuing that as part of their strategy it would certainly be a really brave move, but one which changes the visitor experience. We're also starting to hear more now about virtual and online trade shows. So taking the footprint of a show and putting it online so that anyone who can't make it to the show can go online and have a look at the content from exhibitors. Where do you stand? Are virtual trade shows the future or are they incompatible with what is essentially a face-to-face -face tactic? I've seen some examples of this, um, and I think there is some value, um, especially from a, a global point of view. Some, you know, being able to um, uh, the access, you know, massively changing the accessibility. Um, so I think there is a, a space, and I think, um, and I think, depending on on what the content is, there there is something to consider, and and there's still there's still a whole uh, advertising. Uh, 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 angle in all of that however I don't think you'll ever reach the power of local um, and um, uh, local is is so powerful um, and I think be simply because of that um, I you know I, I think if anything uh, you may you may see see uh, local and and online but if anything I think what would be best is, is how to merge the two together and how to make them both work at the same time uh, and to use that local event to power the the global online event um, I, I'm not convinced that uh, purely going virtual uh, I, I think I think that would be a, a massive shame um, and lose a, a huge amount of opportunity. Yeah it's a really interesting one Johnny if we think back right to the start of our conversation and we were talking about the power of exhibitions being in that they are face to face and that's what people are looking for when they go to trade shows and exhibitions is that face-to-face -face connection and people still buy from people. So if you move everything online, you really take away the whole context and the value of what people are really looking for from a trade show. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. It's been great speaking with you today, Johnny. Really interesting and useful advice. But who else do you think has some interesting stuff to talk about in the industry that we could speak to for a future podcast? 
Uh, yeah, I'd suggest you speak to um, Emma Cartmel from CHS Group. Uh, they are a conference. They they have a conference and hospitality show uh, events for uh, for for event organisers. Uh, so I'd definitely speak to her. Um, Colin Tweedy, uh, all about how to network and get the most out of events. Um, and uh, Jeff Shepard from the Yorkshire Mafia uh, puts on a number of events, uh, very successful, uh, one of the, uh, the biggest uh, B2B exhibitions in the North. So uh, there's three for you. Brilliant. Thank you. It's been great to speak to you today. As I say, really useful info and advice that will hopefully inspire our listeners to go and think differently about how they use social media campaigns. So if anyone wants to get in touch with you and ask for some more advice and support, how do they find you, Johnny? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so I'm on LinkedIn, just forward slash Johnny Ross. Uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Johnny Ross, no H J O N Y R O W S, or at underscore, sorry, at Fleek underscore marketing on Twitter as well. So once again, Johnny, thanks for all your advice and support today. And we've worked with Johnny in the past and he is brilliant at what he does. So if you need some help and advice, please do get in touch with him. Once again, Johnny, thank you for coming on the show. Been great speaking with you. Thanks for having me. Really enjoyed it. And uh, good luck with the show. So some fantastic advice there from Johnny Ross and something I hope you'll all go away and be able to apply to whatever fantastic exhibition you're planning for next year. So that's all on today's episode. Hope you've enjoyed it. As always, if you have a trade show trouble, please do get in touch with us via the website at www.inspiringexhibitors.com or via Twitter at ProExtraCo, and we will try and get your trade show trouble solved for you. Coming up on the next episode, we've got a really great interview with the Department for International Trade. For anybody who's done some exhibiting in the UK or in their domestic market and is starting to think about moving abroad and exhibiting at an international trade show, lots of the principles and theories are the same, but a lot of the logistics and the language can be much more difficult. So we have John Jenkinson from the Northeast region of the DIT, the Department for International Trade, who will be talking to us about all the things that you need to consider if you're thinking of going global with your exhibitions. So have a fantastic week. Let us know which exhibitions you've been at and what you've seen that has really excited or underwhelmed you. We tend to talk a lot about what's good, but if there's something that you've seen that you think wasn't as great as it could have been, then do let us know. And we look forward to hearing from you all shortly. Thanks for listening. If you'd like more information about our book, The Exhibitionist, future podcasts and newsletters, please remember to pop over to inspiringexhibitors.com and you'll be able to find all the relevant information. Once again, thank you for listening.